0: You're listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. We find strength when we are in the presence of God. Know more about the power of prayer in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We are um, starting a brand new series entitled Cross Training. And how many of you are familiar with this word cross training? This deals with physical activity or physical training or maybe exercise. How many of you are into uh, physical activity or maybe exercise. How many of you do exercise regularly? Please raise your hand. Okay, let me just rephrase the question. How many of you would like to exercise? Would like? Please raise your hand. Okay, I'm part of your group, okay? I would like to continue the exercise. And so, for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about, you know, spiritual disciplines that we need to develop as Christians. Because I realized that, uh, you know, we are not just saved so that we can go to heaven. How many of you are saved and you're going to heaven? Someday? Not right now. Okay, someday. okay? But while you're here on earth, God has actually recruited us for war. We are here to be equipped to conquer the world, to, to fill the earth with His glory. And so in order for us to do that, we've got to be equipped. Some of you are tired of hearing us, uh, you know, as pastors uh, declaring here on the stage, you know, we exist for two reasons. We honor God and make disciples. You know, we're talking about spiritual disciplines. To be a disciple is a student for Jesus. A A disciple is a student. It's a learner. And part of being a student is discipline. How many of you are students here? Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Come on. I have good news for you. Summer is over. Rejoice! You're gonna see your classmates again. You're gonna see your professor, your favorite teachers. You know, it takes discipline for us to be able to to finish our studies. And I believe, as Christians, we are also learners and students of the Word of God. So, for the next four weeks, we're gonna be talking about. We have this particular objective. At the end of the series, our church members will embrace and do spiritual disciplines as they understand the benefits of training for. Godly living. And so uh, the overarching theme or text for us for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about prayer. We're going to be talking about uh, the Word, you know, loving the Word of God. We're going to talk about generosity. And uh, the last week, we're going to be be talking about fasting. Okay, How many of you are excited to fast already? Some of you, right? We're going to have a mid-year fast uh, this end of June, June 30th. Uh, July 2. That's a three-day fast from Tuesday to Thursday. We're going to be announcing that. But that is part of the discipline that we have as believers. And so, Timothy, Paul was writing to Timothy, and he encouraged Timothy in uh, chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. And he said, Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, train yourself. yourself. Once again, say, "Train train yourself. For what? For godliness, okay? We have to train ourselves for godliness. And then he said, for while bodily training is of some value, how many of you know that there is some value for physical training? You know, if you are in exercise or maybe if you are into sports, there is some value there. People are actually investing so much now in order for them to take care of their bodies. Whether you're into a certain kind of a diet or maybe a certain kind of a regimen or a certain kind of physical training program, you know, you realize that we need to take care of our bodies. How many of you know that? How many of you realize that you only have one body? This is it. Help us, Lord. This is it. This is our body. This is what will take us till the end of our life until Jesus returns. But how do we take care of our body? You know, I was reading this particular book. It's entitled Eat. Move and Sleep, authored by Tim Roth. And he's saying that we need to be responsible for our eating habits. I'm preaching to myself. And there's a certain way to eat, healthy way to eat. How many of you eat healthy? Okay, hey, wala na kamay, right? You know, because it's, it's hard, right? You know, we eat vegetables. Tokwa with baboy, right? We we, we, we <laughs> very healthy, balanced diet, right? And so, you know, we eat and then, one of the things that is necessary is also that we need to take enough rest by sleeping. Sleeping at least eight hours a day How many? A night. How many of you sleep that long? Eight hours. Seven? Six? Five? Five? Four? Okay? Kulang daw And then, one of the most important things that he was talking about is to move regularly. Not to move here, okay? But to move, to walk. In fact, what he's saying is on the average, you need to walk at least 10,000 steps a day. How many of you do that every day? 10,000 steps. And then he said this, the quickest way to die is to just sit down every single day that will shorten your lifespan. Can you imagine our habits every single day? Right? You wake up in the morning, you sit down on the table for breakfast. What are you doing? You're sitting down. Then you ride the... Jeep or the bus or the car, what are you doing? Sitting down. Then you go to your office and then you're working at a computer. What do you do all day? Sitting down, maybe for about six hours. You stand up for lunch, right? And for lunch, what do you do? You sit down for lunch, right? After lunch, you go back to your work. You sit down, right? After work, what do you do? You ride back from the office to your home. What do you do? Do you stand up sometimes, right? In the bus. But most of the time, you sit down. When you get home, you have dinner with your family. What do you do? What do you do? You watch some TV sometimes, one hour, one and a half. half. What do you do? Sit down. And then you lie down after that. (laughs) What did you do? You sat down the whole time and you lie down the whole time. Hopefully, hopefully you wake up again in the morning. You lie down, not permanently, but temporarily by sleeping. And so, we've got to learn how to have physical exercise. It's important. And yet, the Apostle Paul is saying physical training has some value. Yes, it's valuable, but not as valuable as godly training. We see that. It's important. And so I like what NAD is talking about. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be what? To be godly. For physical training is of some value, but... Godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Because when you do physical exercise, what will only be affected will be the life here on earth. But training for the godliness or character or Christianity, it affects not only our life here on earth, but even our life after. Amen. So that is important. When you talk about this um, cross-training, the picture that comes to mind is this maybe going to the gym, cross-training is actually one discipline that athletes do in order for them to be able to use the other muscles of their body that is not normally used in their certain sport. For example, I think uh, right now it's Djokovic. I'm not really sure who's in the finals for Roland Garros. But Djokovic, I'm sure, he's spending hours training in the tennis court. But off the court, he's probably going to the gym and doing some cross-training. Okay? Kind of like this. Okay? Uh, as we speak, also, there's an ongoing NBA finals. I mean, if you are Cavs fans, okay? Or maybe you're Golden State Warriors, okay? All right. Uh, it's okay, okay? I'm a Spurs fan, okay? But I'm just using... Wala <laughs> na, I'm just using uh, LeBron James as an example. You know, why did LeBron James end up to be the MVP? Was he born that way? Was he born with six-pack abs? Was he born with big biceps and deltoids? If you see his biceps and deltoids, I say, wow. (laughs) Why can he jump like this as if he's suspending in the air in slow motion? You know why? Because he's busy training. Can you carry such a tire? I can barely carry my bike tires. No, no, just kidding. (laughs) But athletes do this so that they, beca- they can become champions. And I believe in the kingdom of God, we're called to be champions. Amen. You and I are called to victory. That's why our church name is Victory. We believe in victory. How many of you want to be defeated? Please raise your hand. Nobody wants to lose. We want to win all the time. That is the picture for training. But I believe there's another picture for training. And that is the training for war. Guess what? The moment you got saved, you were recruited for war. The moment you and I became Christians, guess what? We are in a war. Tell the person beside you, we are in a war. It's too late to back out now. (laughs) Now you know. John Piper said this, and we're going to talk about prayer right now. Until you know that life is war, you cannot know what prayer is for. It rhymes. We've got to realize that our life is actually that of war. The moment you wake up, guess what? You are not living in a demilitarized zone. You're not living in a neutral zone or a neutral environment. The fact that you are now a child of God, you're battling against evil. We are battling against forces of evil and darkness every single day of our lives. We've got to wake up and realize that that is a reality. And if we're not ready, guess what will happen? We will be defeated. We've got to train ourselves for war. Amen? Tell the person beside you, train yourself. Get ready. Yeah, all right. I'd like to invite everyone to stand. We're going to be reading God's Word this afternoon. So we're going to be reading from Psalm 18, chapter 1 to 3. Turn your Bibles there, okay? And we're going to be reading out loud. All right, so we're going to be reading from Psalm 18, verses 1 to 3. Let's all read this out together, okay? Out loud. One, two, three. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. Let's bow heads and pray. Father, we thank you so much for this afternoon. May your spirit... Anoint uh, the preaching of your word, we thank you, Lord God, that you would also open up our spiritual eyes to see what your, your plan is for us. Open up our spiritual ears to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Encourage your people We come against any hindrance, Lord God, to receive from you today. We are expectant of uh, really knowing you intimately, Lord God. So we bless you today, Lord God. Bless your people tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. You may all be seated. So for the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the book of Psalms. Psalms is actually a uh, collection of songs, and it's 150 chapters. Uh, Who is the most famous psalmist that you know? David. That's right. So he wrote most of the psalms. A majority of the psalms was written by David, but not all the psalms were written by David. In fact, there were psalmists that uh, are part of uh, this collection, and you know, one of those, Moses. He wrote a couple of psalms. Uh, the others are Asaph, and so there are others who actually uh, contributed to the to this book. And so, when you look at the book of Psalm, actually Psalm eighteen, particularly, is a psalm on Thanksgiving. It's a psalm on the celebration of the faithfulness of God, because God has been faithful to David, uh, because He was instrumental in delivering David from the hands of his enemy. And how many of you know that David was a mighty warrior, right? He was first a shepherd, but yet he was also known to be a warrior. And he became king eventually. And so when you talk about uh, the life of David, it's interesting that, you know, he's got simple and humble beginnings. And we're going to be looking at that in a while. But when you talk about prayer, many times prayer is actually looked at as a tool for asking the Lord. How many of you pray? Regularly, please raise your hand. I think all of us, or most of us, if not all of us, pray, right? How many of you have prayed a prayer to God at least once in your life? Please raise your hand. Come on, please raise your hand. I want to take a look, okay? If you prayed a prayer, you no, know I mean? How many of you have asked something from the Lord? Please raise your hand, okay? And then that's prayer, right? That's part of praying. There's nothing wrong with that. Tell the other person beside you, nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong in asking from the Lord. In fact, God likes that. I like it when my daughters would ask something from me. In fact, my daughter said to me one time, Dad, we like you. I said, why? Because you always say yes to us. They ask you for something. Really? As long as your mom does not know about that. No, i just just kidding. But I said, you know, I'm going to say yes to you if I know it's good for you. And how many of you know that if our earthly fathers would give us good gifts, no matter how evil we are, how much more our Heavenly Father will give us great gifts. And how many of you know that's part of our relationship with God? Nothing wrong with that. In fact, many times when we, uh, you know, like for example, during our um, staff meeting, after during the week, we sort out uh, the prayer requests, you know, that's, that's uh, written on the envelope. And we see that many of the prayer requests are actually prayer of petition. Okay. Uh, praying for provision. How many of you are praying for a provision right now from the Lord? Okay, uh, for tuition money or textbooks or you know, for maybe for uh, for relationship. Okay, for the single. Or Lord, provide, provide money for single. May this may this singles retreat be my last singles retreat already, because by next year it's gonna be couples retreat for me. Something like that. Okay, so we're praying for provision. We're praying for God heal me or you know, do something about my situation or give me promotion. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I believe prayer is more than that. Prayer is more than asking from the Lord. Prayer basically is having a communication with God. In fact, Doc Sheets talks about prayer in, in this way. He said, Prayer is not a check request asking for things from God. It's a deposit slip A way of depositing God's character into our bankrupt souls. How many of that is prayer? Prayer basically is being filled with the presence of God every single day. Basically, that is what prayer is all about. Prayer is having a two-way communication with God. So I'm gonna share three things about prayer. Number one, prayer is a relationship with God. It talks about a relationship with God. Okay? You know, we you know, we we know that when you talk about a relationship. We're familiar with earthly relationships. How many of you are married here? Please raise your hand. You're married. Happily, okay. of course. You're married, right? Okay. You're married, and you have a, you know, a covenant partner, who is your spouse, your husband, or your wife. Now, when you talk about that particular relationship, how many of you know that that is more than a contract? Marriage is more than a piece of paper. Marriage is actually a covenant. And the deepest relationship that we can ever have on this earth is that of a relationship between husband and a wife. That's why the first verse about marriage in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, it says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And they will become what? One flesh. The one flesh here signifies the picture of God being one, yet there are three persons. They're united. How many of you know that we only have one God, yet three persons? And husband and a wife is supposed to, you know, somehow reflect the character, the nature of God. When the Bible says, now they are one, it talks about intimacy. It talks about covenant relationship. And what is necessary for that to happen? Communication. It was a communication. We've got to learn how to communicate. And you know what? It's hard to communicate. How many of you sometimes are having a hard time communicating or expressing yourself? Particularly between husband and wife. Women, you know this, sociologists would say, women talk about 25,000 words a day on the average. (laughs) For some, it's more. For some, it's about 45 or 50,000 words per day, not per hour, but per day in naman, okay? And for the men, on the average, we talk about 10,000 words per day. So can you imagine? If you are a husband, you went to work, you've used up 10,000 words already. And the wife being a housewife is just warming up when you get home. <laughs> Ubus ka pag mo sa bahay. Your wife will tell you, so, what happened in the office? What will you say normally? Okay lang. lang. I mean, you talked about, you know, what happened to, you know, what did you talk about in the board meeting? What did you talk about, you know, ayos lang. Because your wife wants to communicate, she is just revving up, wanting to bring out the 50,000 words. <laughs> That's why I believe, husbands, learn the secret of the trade. Be a good listener. <laughs> Hayaan mo lang magsalita. Ah, yes. I agree. Ang gandang idea niyan, love. ganda niyan. Gawin natin niyan, love. Ano pa? Let her speak. Very good, love. I agree. Galing. Let her speak some more. Galing. <laughs> uubus din niyan. And you know, when you talk about relationship, you cannot have a relationship without communicating. Never. This is what we see in Psalm. In Psalm 18, we read that a while ago. And the the start of the verse is, I love you, Lord, my strength. I believe the basis, love, you know, you can actually have a deeper bond in your relationship, you know, particularly of love, if it is cemented by communication. You know, if you look at the life of David, it's amazing how he knew his God. He was a young shepherd boy. And, you know, just the story of David when he was called, uh, when uh, the Israelites were asking for a king, basically Samuel was saying, you don't need a king because God is your king. But they insisted, no, we want a king. So the first king was what? King Saul. So King Saul became a good king at first, but eventually became disobedient to God and was Unfaithful to him. So eventually the Spirit of God was taken out from King Saul and was put on David. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 16, this was the calling of David, how he was chosen. And so uh, God said to Samuel, I am displeased about choosing Saul as the king, but go to the house of Jesse because I'm going to show you who is the next king. So Samuel went to the house of Jesse. And uh, he asked Jesse, "Can I see your sons? Because one of your sons will be the next king of of Israel." And so Jesse basically brought forth his uh, six sons. And so when uh, when Samuel saw the eldest Eliab, he said, "Surely this is the Lord's anointed one, because maybe he's tall, dark, and darker, uh, you know, and he's fit. He's probably an experienced warrior in the in the army of Saul." And so uh, God spoke to Samuel at that time. You know, he is not the one because Man always looks at the outside, but God looks at the what? God looks at the heart. And so, he continued on, and he went on from uh, son to son, and the second one, no, that's not him. Third, no, that's not him. Fourth, no, that's not him. Until he went ended up with the last one, and said so the Lord said, it's not him. And so Samuel said, do you have another son? And Jesse said, ah, okay, yeah, there's another son. <laughs> He's in the field right now. Ipatawag mo nga. Call David. So David went, and the Bible says when David entered, he was handsome, he's got beautiful eyes, and he was ruddy. In Tagalog, his name is Rudy, okay? So his nickname was Rudy, so you can call him Rudy, okay? You just check your Bible. So, yet when, you know, of course, at first glance, this is not the makings of a king. But yet, how many of you know that when God chooses us, it's not about how you look, it's not about your credentials. It's not about your experience. It's not about your background. It's not about your lineage. It's not about you know, how you were raised up. It's about the Spirit of God in us. Amen. It's about the calling of God in a person's life. And th- what's interesting about this particular chapter is how God anointed David. When Samuel poured out the oil of anointing over David, this is what happened in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the Spirit of the Lord, what? Rushed upon David from that day forward. I like that verse. The Spirit of God did not just came to David. The Spirit of God rushed to David. Guess what? The moment you and I got born again and got saved, the Spirit of God rushed into us from that day forward. Amen? Come on now. You and I are filled with the Spirit of God in the New Testament. You know, we are now having a different form of relationship. The the apostles came to Jesus once and they're probably familiar with how the Pharisees would go to the temple and pray. And so, you know, in their intimate moment with the Lord, they asked the Lord, Lord, teach us how to pray, Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus said, this is then how you should pray. How did he start? He said, Our Father. You know, the beginning point of prayer is really not about what you need, it's about our relationship with our God. And he was introducing this new idea that God, yes, he is Lord, he is creator, he is master, he's Jehovah, he's Yahweh. But Jesus didn't say, As you pray, call him Yahweh or Jehovah. You know, sometimes we would come to the Lord and, you know, uh, we think that the way to please God is if we can actually pray flowery words Thou art God, who made the heavens and thy earth. King James. But it's not about that, it's about our relationship. He's talking about us being his children and him being our father. It's a two way communication. Prayer is not just a one-way communication that you. you pouring out, Lord, I'm desperate for my grades, I'm desperate for promotion, I'm desperate for someone to love me. It's more than a one-way communication. You know, Billy Graham said this: prayer is simply a what? A two-way conversation between you and God. Have we ever heard God have you ever heard the voice of God speak to you in a still small voice? Have you ever heard some people talking about their testimony? You know what? I, one day I heard God. You know, parang, when you when you hear those kinds of testimony, do you think that these people are weird hearing God? Ooh, spooky! I mean, have you ever really heard the voice of God? Like, oh <laughs> yeah. Go to festival mall after Akasha. You know, I mean, I, I have not heard the audible voice of God, nor have seen a writing on the wall. Maybe some singles are praying, Lord, reveal to me His name or her name, and then you see in the theater, Oh Carmen. You know, I, I don't know if if that's how God speaks. Maybe, but for the most part, it's a still small voice. And we've got to quiet ourselves to the point of really allowing us not to be drowned by the business of this world and really focusing on the voice of God and say, God, speak. Your servant's listening. Actually, your child is listening. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. How many children of God do we have in this place? Please raise your hand. Come on now. You are a child of God. Believe it or not. We're children of the King, your sons and daughters of God. They are reborn, not with physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from whom? From God. I also like the NIV version. It says, To them who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, or of a human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. You cannot produce this. This cannot be manufactured. This is happening in the spiritual realm. The moment you you turn to Jesus and put your faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross, guess what? Immediately, you become a son and a daughter of God. Amen? And it says here, He gave the what? The right You have the right to sonship. It's kind of like having a right to vote. No one can take that away from you. It's your right as a son and a daughter of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 15 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Sons of God. The Spirit of God does not push us. The Spirit of God leads us. One of the most famous Psalms that you will find in the book of Psalms is what? Psalm 23. The Lord is my... Shepherd, you know, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down beside green pastures. He restores my soul. He leads me beside quiet waters. Even though I walked about the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You will prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And this is my favorite part. Surely, everybody, surely, surely, your goodness. And mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You know, this is King David writing this because of a revelation. That his God is a shepherd. His God is king. And a shepherd king, he is not one who pushes people around. He doesn't push his sheep. He speaks. And his sheep listens. And they follow. Those who are sons of God are led by God. You're led by the Spirit of God. Get ready to listen and hear that still small voice that is actually talking to us every day. The thing is, many times we're just too busy. We're too busy with our activities. We're too busy watching the, the, the TV. We're too busy you know, uh, you know, playing games. We're too busy with other things. And we fail to stop for a while and just appreciate and listen to the voice of God. In verse 16, it says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Second thing about prayer is it talks about dependence on God. Everybody say dependence on God. David continued writing, and he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I mean, these are big terms. These are military terms. Fortress, have you ever watched the Lord of the Rings? You know, you know this big fortress or tower or maybe castle you know, that protects you from the attack of the enemy? You know, he's, you're talking about God being our fortress, being our rock, a solid rock on which we stand. He's our deliverer. And then you're talking about the horn of my salvation. What is a horn here? Busina ba to? Beep beep? No. This talks about the strength of God. When you talk about horn, horn in the Old Testament means the strength of God. His mighty right hand. And then you're talking about my stronghold. My stronghold is that place that you run when the enemies are attacking you. How many of you sometimes feel the attack of the enemy from all sides? hindi pa tapos ang problema, may susunod na naman. parang gusto mo sabihin, Lord, pahinga muna ako. pagod na ako eh. But guess what? It is that the Lord who brought you that problems. Maybe some of the problems are just there because of consequences of your past wrong decisions, Or maybe it's just God allowed that thing to happen so that He can prove to you His faithfulness as well. But whatever it is that you're going through, He is a rock on which you can stand. You know, one of the major concerns of the uh, Metro Manila people nowadays is the valley fault system. How many of you have actually heard of news, you know, of uh, MMDA predicting a big one coming? And, uh, you know, somehow I'm not really sure if that brought soberness in the life of the people or maybe fear in some in others. You know, they're predicting this big one because of this, you know, running from uh, the north to the south as, as far as Calamba, uh, Laguna, will actually hit in the next 50 years. But how many of you know, it's kind of hard to predict when will that happen. Will we live in fear? You know, because you know, of that impending big one. You know, actually, Akasha is about 3 kilometers away from the fault line. Festival Mall is about 2.5 kilometers away from the fault line. And our church in Muntinlupa, in Muntinlupa, is directly on top of the fault line. I said, Pastor June, we better pray. And if you check your map, actually, you know, MMDA released a high definition, uh, high resolution map. You, know, you can actually see the the fault line going through SM Mutinlupa, and you know, elsewhere. You know, just check. I don't want to put fear in you, but how do we respond in the with this news? Do we respond in fear? Can you imagine every single day if you're concerned about this, Lord? is this the day is this the first day of the 50 years and then you go to your office you're checking on the table is it stable lord so that when the big one comes i mean how do we respond when that big one comes The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Amen. He is our deliverer, the one in whom we can trust. Amen. I like what Isaiah said, therefore I will not fear, though the earth be removed, because of the confidence that we have in God. It was said in Hebrews, "The earth and the heavens will be shaken, so that whatever cannot be shaken will remain." Guess what? Things on this planet will be shaken. But I believe the people of God, if you are established on His promises and on His word, you and I will never be shaken. Come on now. Come on, give the Lord praise. Turn to the person beside you and tell that person, "You will not be shaken you will just be stirred. Okay. <laughs> Not shaken, but stirred. Let's move on. I'm about to close. Let's move on to the next point. My last point is trust in God. What's the first point again? Prayer is about having a relationship with God. Very simple. Two-way relationship with God. You don't have to find yourself a prayer closet to pray. Because sometimes you think that prayer is boring. How I many of you thought about prayer being boring... Be honest. Come on now. I prayer, Ayoko yan. I'm not talking about you growing up. That's what I saw in church. And I said, this could not be because I believe prayer is for everybody. And as a young believer in the Lord, when we were, you know, 18 years old, 19 years old in church, guess what? Who prays? The first in the pack were young people, young men. Praying in front. Because when you talk about prayer, prayer is not a chore. It's not something that you turn on and turn off. I believe prayer is happening 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. It's kind of like an open Wi-Fi or if you have an LTE on your phone. It's kind of like that. You're always connected with God. Amen? And that is what prayer is all about. You know, you pray... You turn it on, you talk to God, you know, as I'm preaching to you right now, I'm actually praying. In the back of my mind, Lord, help me. Hello, Lord. Anoint me, Lord. Help me here. And you can do that whether you sit, whether you work, whether you go to the gym, whether you ride a bike, whether you swim, or whatever is that you're doing, you can actually pray. Because you and I are connected 24-7. Amen? Amen. That is what prayer is all about. Relationship. Everybody say relationship. We are children of God. He is our Father. Second is dependence on God. We can depend on Him because He is one solid foundation that is unshakable. And third is what? Trust. We can actually trust in the Lord. We can trust a person who is trustworthy, we can trust a person who has a good track record. You can trust a financial institution if, some, if that financial institution has a good track record. How many of you know that you can actually, I don't want to mention any company name. I'm not here to promote. But yet when you talk about God, how many of you know that God has a good track record? He is so consistent. That from the time that He created the heavens and the earth, He made sure that the sun will go up in the morning and it will set in the evening and it will happen the same day, the same thing all over again the next day. That's how faithful our God is. He is trustworthy. He's always gonna be there for us. In verse 3 of Psalm chapter 18, it says, I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am what? Saved from my enemies. We can actually trust the Lord, no matter what we're going through right now. You may be going through some situations in your office or maybe in your family, in your relationship, in your health, in your finances, maybe with a sibling, maybe with a parent, maybe with a child. I believe that we can trust the Lord in whatever situation there is. You know, David was declaring that he was facing this giant but before he actually faced his giant, God delivered him from the lion and the bear. Even before he faced Goliath, David has proven God faithful to him in fighting his battles. Amen. When I was in uh, Guangzhou, I was supposed to go to uh, Taiwan right after our Guangzhou trip. But on Wednesday, which was our flight, the flight suddenly was canceled. And the only time that we knew about it was when we arrived at the airport. And so the airport authority said, we are canceling several flights today because of bad weather and hazy and, you know, thick clouds. And so they said, maybe the next flight out will be Sunday to Taiwan. I said, we cannot have Sunday as a flight out. We have to be back in the Philippines by Saturday. And we need to be in Taiwan by Wednesday. And so when is the next available flight? And he said, we don't have a flight out anymore. Maybe you should try booking another airline. So we got another airline. And so finally, we were given a go the next day. But somehow, this particular day, it was still very hazy. And some of the staff are saying, you know what, it's really a risk for each plane if they're, they're going to be going up. Now, I'm not a pilot, but I don't, know how, I don't know how to fly. But somehow, I saw outside the airport that the cloud was thick and it's almost zero visibility. And as we were boarding the plane, I said, God, I know I've, and I've ridden. Several times, you know, several flights, but somehow at this time, I don't know if that's a spirit of fear coming upon me and you know just trying to taunt me. But somehow I felt like I was riding a tin can floating in the air. That was a feeling. And so when we started our ascent, you know, our ascent, you know, I there's a bit of shaking, you know, but in, in in the cloud was still dark. But I was just hoping, Lord, I just drown myself with your presence even right now. You know, I felt like, Lord, but like Lord, it, ito na ba to? Lord, am I going to meet you already, Lord? But yet, you know, as I submitted myself to the Lord, there was just some inner peace that came to me. And God is saying, just trust me. I'm here. And so as we ascended to 30,000 feet, this is what I saw. Suddenly, the clouds just dropped. That was how thick the cloud was. And it took about 30,000 feet for me to have a different perspective. And I realized that God was in charge. And sometimes in our life, we feel that we are in the middle of that thick cloud. We don't really know where we're going. We couldn't even see the hand in front of us about a meter because of the thick fog. But guess what? God is assuring us that his presence will always be with us, no matter what. Amen. He will go ahead of us. Come on, I'll give the Lord praise. He will be with us. He will give us success. David's success was not, was not because he was an experienced warrior, it was not because he came from a good family. In fact, he came from an obscure background. The only thing that gave David success was the, was the presence of God. And the Bible says everywhere that David went, Whatever David did, God gave him success because of the presence of God. Amen. And I pray that this afternoon, that we will have a greater confidence of the presence of God in our lives in the way we pray. Amen. Our confidence in prayer is based on who God is and what He can do. Who is God in our lives? First of all, He is our Father. That is our new relationship that we have with Him. We are His children, our sons and daughters. We are confident that our Heavenly Father will hear us every time we cry out to Him. I want us to do this right now. I want you to get a partner. Don't even stand up. Just get a partner. The one seated beside you. I want us to practice. This is a spiritual discipline that we are doing right now. Just for two minutes. One minute each. Okay. I want you to share a short prayer request. Okay? Sabihin mo lang, Pray for my health, and then pray ka God. Don't don't make kwento, ah, Alam mo naman nakaman, ganagabi, may ako. Ganito talaga buhay. Don't even talk about a lot of stuff. Just say one issue, and then pray, and then give the other person a chance to pray as well. Before you pray, Philippians chapter four verse six says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by what prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, not complaint, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known." to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. With this verse, I want you to go ahead and get a partner and pray right now. Pray a simple prayer. Okay? An intelligible English prayer for one another. Would you do that? Come on. I want everybody praying. Turn to the person beside you. Yan. Magharap kayo. If you won't pray, I will call you in front. And we will pray together. Okay, I'm checking right now, okay? All right. Thank you, Lord. Can we end our prayers right now? Let me just agree with you in prayer. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity to pray, this opportunity to express our needs, and our opportunity to agree with one another. Lord, your word says to not be anxious about anything but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving to present our requests to you. And the peace of God, I thank you for your peace right now to flood your people. May the peace of God that transcends our hearts and our minds guard it in Christ Jesus our Lord. We thank you, Lord God, even for tonight. Lord, develop in us a prayerful life. May we enjoy our relationship with you, our Abba Father. I thank you, Lord, that this communication uh, with you, Lord God, would be developed every single day. Lord, help us to listen and hear your voice on a daily basis. Thank you, Lord. As you continue to pray right now, continue to close your eyes and bow your heads. Maybe you're here today and you want to pray, but the starting point of prayer really is having a relationship with God. And with that, it's about you being born again. Born again is not joining a church nor joining a religion. It's basically having a personal relationship with Jesus himself. And if you are that person, if you want to uh, get saved, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just very quickly, can you kindly raise up your hands so that I can pray for you? Anyone at all? Yes, God bless you. Anyone else? Anybody else? Just lift it up right now. This is just between you and God. Yes, ma'am, God bless you. Anyone else? Just lift it up. Right, and Lift it up. If you want to receive Jesus Christ, if you want to have a personal relationship with Him, if you want your sins forgiven and have eternal life, just lift it up right now. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're seeing this hand, sir, being raised. If you're lifting up your hand, why don't you pray this prayer with me? In fact, why don't we join them in praying this prayer out loud? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner, needing a Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and forgiving me for my sins. I confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that He is raised from the dead. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victoria Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.